Hello, everyone, and welcome to another SDGC review discussion. I am Justin. I am one of your co-hosts, and I am joined today by Derek. Hi, everybody. And so we're here to talk about a game that we both really, really loved that might be flying under the radar for some people, uh, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim uh, from Vanillaware. Yeah, we were joking uh, right before we started that this is not the timeliest review discussion, because uh, when did the game come out? It was it was several months ago at this point, right? It was like early fall, I think. Yeah, I yeah, it was, it was a fall game for 2020, if I remember correctly. Um, and as is the case with Vanillaware games, it, it kind of flew under a lot of people's radars, uh, and I think it ended up doing decently for itself. I know it went on sale real cheap really quickly, which is when I picked it up. I remember picking it up uh, just to support Vanillaware and this game that a bunch of people said I would probably love and thought I'd get around to it eventually. Um, and then it took you and John pestering me uh, to get me to actually start the game. And I realized like, oh, oh, shit, I should have played this months ago. This would have been yeah. hot shit when it came out for me. <laughs> yeah, like this, like when I started this game, like I was just like, OK, Derek needs to play this immediately. Like everything about this game is Derek shit yeah like, I mean it's 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 Godzilla meets like giant robot shit like Evangelion or Gundam or Pacific Rim meets like Zero Escape meets fucking I don't even know what like it's just incredible uh it's it is so many different jams at once uh, um yeah so we should probably give a bit of an overview of what this game is and how it works because um even for, you know, its genre, it's kind of unique. It's so, a pretty weird game, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's almost like two separate games in a lot of ways. Uh, it, yeah, it is. Because it's like the story segments and the combat segments are not... I want to say they're not integrated at all, in that you literally experience them almost as completely separate modes. Uh, yeah, they are two separate modes. Like, once you, once you get past the prologue, like, they are two entirely separate like things that you do and also um another key thing about this game is nothing is told chronologically yes yes that's and that's that's what makes it weird so basically what you have is on on one side of the game you have it's structured kind of like a visual novel uh you know think something like ever 17 or like uh zero escape games or something like that uh maybe built a little bit more like an adventure game and that your character actually walks around these couple areas and looks for clues and has to pick like dialogue branches off when talking to people, but it's structured like a visual novel. Um, yeah. And it's, it's less, it's less like puzzle solvy or like figure out the right thing to do than a lot of visual novels. It is kind of more of a straightforward, like, you know, at times it's kind of almost like, you know, telltale, yeah, kind of experience yeah, yeah, yeah. at times, but um, I, with I think the gorgeous Zero, Vanillaware art. Yes, our artwork is gorgeous. I think Zero Escape is a good comparison because yeah. Zero Escape is a, is a, a game that, that is very, very straightforward. And what you are often doing is after you have hit a dead end, you're going back up the like tree and finding out what different choices you can make. Um, and you're doing well, it doesn't that. have the puzzles and stuff that Zero. Well, yeah, it doesn't have those puzzles, though. but I think in terms of like the the structure. Um, okay. Yeah, except, of fair. course, you have 13 different characters whose stories you're going <laughs> through um, and whose who's, who's stories whose stories all take place at different times in like different locations and like 
crossover with each and other and some don't at all and seems slightly different depending on who it is you're controlling like there's a little bit of yeah. unreliable narrator going on um and it yeah it gets it's very interesting because also different protagonists stories are like progression gated at certain points where you have to have done this event you have to have done uh Juro Karabe's this event in order to unlock this event for uh Megumi uh Yakushiji and you have to get to uh, Wave 2, Mission 5 of the combat mode to unlock these characters and get them further in and, and stuff like that. So you do a lot of bouncing around between the, I, I will say, kind of flat and uninteresting, like, tower defense strategy game, um, I, personally. See, I think those things were fun. Um, like... If you're going in for like a super deep strategy experience, that's not this. Um, it it really is designed to be a secondary mode that co- that complements the story. Like I, and there are difficulty modes. Like it's very fun to just put it on the lowest difficulty mode for the um for those sections and just like beast through it. With, like as you get upgrades and stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you do want something more challenging, you can do that. Um. I think the game does a really good job. Like, I think the balance between... Because I think the action segments, if there were, like, a lot more of them, it would kind of throw off the balance between those and the story. But I think they hit a really good split, like, where it's it's mostly story-focused. You're mostly in, like, the visual novel mode. Yeah. And I um, agree, too, that it's also, like, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome too much with the combat mode. Like, you have three waves of, of ten missions each. And then you have like a final boss mission and that's that's it. It's not a and, and each mission doesn't last that long. I want to say I put like 20, 24, something like that hours into it took me 37. Wow. Well, I, I, maybe it's just a difference in, in Reesbeat. I also threw the game on casual mode for for uh, combat because I was just like, I want to get through these combat segments. And, and I started on normal and then I dropped down. It wasn't even that it got harder. I was still S ranking everything on my first yeah, try. Yeah. But it was like, I just, it was more for a speed thing. But yeah, the game took me 37 hours um, to to finish. Like That's, it's, it's a, it's a decently long game. Yeah. I, I was not expecting the length that it, it ended up being. Um, yeah. But like, it also didn't lose any luster for me going on that long. No, um, I played, I played this game start to finish playing no other games um, over the course of like two weeks, maybe three. I mean, I just sat down and went at it uh, and I never felt tired. I was constantly like, I want to see the next reveal of, of what's going on. I want to see what happens to this character. Um, I think that the story aspect of it is, very well done. It's a great cast of characters. I think the fact that everything is so chronologically disjointed that events are happening out of sequence and as you learn things, you go, oh, I figured this part out. Oh, I learned how this character knows this character or or where this character comes from or or things like that. Uh, but then you get hit with something new. It kind of reminded me of watching Lost back in the day, how it was constantly like, mm-hmm. I figured something out. I have two more questions. Well, it, it kind of reminded me of her story, actually, Ooh, in good, that way. Good call. Where, like, you could find, like, sometimes you could find things that are huge, huge revelations. And you could find them out pretty early, depending on the order that you approach things. However, getting to that point and figuring out what led to that point is just as fascinating as, 
like that reveal in itself and figuring out how it relates to the other characters and stuff. Um, it doesn't feel like you're spoiling it by playing it in a, in the in a certain order. I actually jumped around a lot. I didn't just stick with like one character. I jumped between characters regularly more than I had to because I, I'm like, okay, I want to check in with this character. And they managed to make each little episode feel like it's advancing the plot and it has something relevant and interesting um, to build the world while also, you know, allowing a lot of space for characterization. Um, the sheer confidence in their storytelling to tell it in this manner is astounding to me. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you can literally approach from any of the 13 characters in whatever order, jumping around mid-story. You kind of have to, because they gate... Several of these characters have two, three, four progression gates where you can't get any farther until something else has happened. So the game almost kind of mandates you not sticking to a single character. It needs you to jump around and, and experience these different stories, you know, all mixed up. And it also kind of avoids... I know probably one of my issues with um, the Zero Escape games, particularly Virtue's Last Reward, is a lot of times when you were going through like a different character's story or taking a different path, you'll find out like a lot of the same stuff, and then it's just the same stuff being explained to you again because this character hasn't found it out yet, and there's very little of that. Oh, shockingly little game. repetition, yeah. Um, like... Because sometimes some characters do want to like find out what the technological implications of the things they're finding out are. Other characters don't care or don't understand. Like it's 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 so well constructed and well presented. Like I am in awe of like it's it actually elevates this story because the story is very good. And even if it was told in a tr more traditional way, it would have been very good. But like the fact that they there must have been so much writing and rewriting and editing and oh, deciding. These people like, how had to... like corkboards with strings flying everywhere <laughs> when they were putting this together. This was yeah, fuckery was involved for sure. Um, but it, it it's fascinating too because like sometimes there's like huge things about certain characters that that character doesn't find out in their own story. Um, that you find out in other people's like, it's just it's just it's really brilliant and like. It's it worked really well because like this is one of those games that I think makes a very excuse me pardon me uh makes very good use of the fact that it is set in a high school because you know people do you know they're in kind of a centralized location and they do kind you know some of the characters know each other some don't but they know where to find each There's other kind of if, different like, clicks and up. different yeah. this character knows this character but not this character and yeah no that felt very organic and I, I quite liked how that worked out. Um, it's so interesting and it's hard to actually talk details about the 13 characters or about the story beyond the very broad giant monsters are attacking and 13 teenagers get in giant robots to fight them because like it's, it's funny. We were talking about, it's actually even hard to talk to somebody else who is playing the game until you're yeah. both done because you can be getting pieces of information at such completely different times that you might be spoiling each other. Even if even if if Justin had put in 15 hours and I was only on hour three, I might have seen stuff he hadn't and and shouldn't spoil him on. So like beyond the fact that, hey, this is teenagers and giant robots versus giant monsters with time travel fuckery involved, like 
I can't say much more than that. Yeah, no, like it, it's it's really it's really really interesting from that standpoint. And like, also, I do want to say, um, say because I know because people have talked about that this game can get dense and confusing, and it can, but they do give you a lot of resources to be able to refer to. They like after you play through like one of the segments, it's all placed on a chronological timeline so that you can put that together. There's a whole database of like little the various clues with like brief you know descriptions to keep you up to date that gets updated as you discover stuff like it doesn't like the game doesn't want you to get lost but you do have to kind of discover things in your own order and stuff it it, it's extremely satisfying to go through and i will say it was dense but like i only found myself check i don't think i i think i looked at the timeline like once um, and then I, th- and not for very long, it was just to, to check a couple things. And then I think I, I checked the clues a few times, but that was more out of fun than out of a need to, to see. I think there's only maybe two occasions where I was genuinely like, now, hold on, I might've misplaced something in terms of what, how it connects to something else. Um, and, and looking at that little database, cleared that up. But I, I don't think you're going to be... This isn't a Final Fantasy thirteen situation where you've got to read an encyclopedia to understand the game. Um, it just, it's just a great way to organize all of the things that are flying around that the game has already explicitly shown you. Um, yeah. You know, rather than supplemental material that helps you understand further, so... Yeah, like, I more use the timeline not for, like, you know, the big, like, time travel, like, related stuff, because that's introduced very early it's a very key part of the thing like we kind of couldn't talk about the game at all unless we mentioned that aspect but it's a very very early in the prologue yeah reveal you find out real that early that time travel's happening and that there are time loops involved like that yeah 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 um and so there's different time periods but like most of the game takes place in 19 1985 in you know at this school and so like i more used the timeline to place because like to place where certain characters' stories were taking place compared to each other in that like nineteen eighty five yeah um section than I did like the major time travel stuff because that stuff's actually pretty clear and easy to follow yeah yeah um but yeah so like you know I I I think we agree that like the gameplay the actual strategy game is is it's accessible enough especially if you just throw it on casual mode like if you're not good at strategy games you're not gonna be locked out of playing this game. Uh, it's, yeah. it's pretty easy to work through. Uh, the game gives you plenty of hints in terms of what you need to do to, to unlock this next like fork in the path that you didn't explore before. Like you need to, it'll, it'll show a hint like this is the keyword. Like this is the thing that you need to focus yeah. on to get to this other branch. Um, and again, think, it's, it's another example. The game doesn't want you to get stuck. It wants you to keep going. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I will say, uh, one thing that I was, I was really grateful for, and I did a Twitter thread on this, but, um, I, this was one of the things that I, I, that really touched me about the game as well. And it was also one of the reasons I I really wanted you to play this game. Yes. Yes. I, so the game is very kind and compassionate to characters who are not, uh, what are like kind of the, the traditional norm uh, which sounds like a very, like, meaningless platitude, but, like, anime and anime-inspired media 
have a tendency to be needlessly cruel to for examples that the game uses uh for for people who are of larger body size types or who are overweight um and and have a point of making queer and transgender you know people and and various people in the lgbtq communities kind of the butt of jokes more than actually representing them uh and 13 sentinels has two queer characters in the major cast uh one of whom is kind of in the closet and is is a little self-hating at first in that regard like a tiny bit a tiny bit it's not a huge like harsh but yeah, like it, but it nobody else does like that they're... nobody else yeah, is like oh seems... you like dudes you know he's he's yeah. mean to himself he, nobody he's... else puts that on him He's he's like a confused teenager finish, yeah. figuring out his sexuality shit, more I than it is. through that. Yeah. Like it's not like it's it, it it felt very real to me, honestly. Yeah, As somebody who was like, who is queer and who was very closeted for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then there's a gender fluid character. Um, that yeah, I don't know that it's explicit exactly what's going on with um. Okino. Yeah, no, they Again, you can yeah, find they don't out make about. It- clear but like they definitely are kind of gender they're clearly expressing and 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 experimenting with it at a bare minimum because we find out that like you know one version of okino is definitely a man you know as far as we can tell but okino is experimenting with cross-dressing when it's not needed yeah yeah like just wearing the dress because and 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 passing it as a woman because that's what he likes um, and it's not played as like a hoo hoo hoo. I'm a big pervert, or I just get off on this, or or whatever. It's just it's very realistic. Again, as somebody who has friends who both cross dress and also are are experimenting with gender fluidity. Um, you also have a character uh, Miwako, who's part of the kind of secondary cast. She's one of the bigger uh, recurring characters, and she is a uh, she's much much bigger than the rest of the girls in the game. Uh, even the and background I say girls. It's, it's not exaggerated. Like, like they don't exaggerate. It. Like, it's honestly. It took me a while to even realize it because of the way the art style is. Yeah. Um. That like like the first giveaway is her legs are definitely like twice as thick as the other girls. But yeah, the other girls have like very very <laughs> tiny legs. Yeah. But like, she's not drawn. That that's the thing is I think most characters are drawn in a very waifishly thin yeah. anime way. But, like, Miwako is not drawn to be the big, ugly, gonky, like, fat girl, like, ha, 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 look at her. She's gross and fat and eats too much. Like, she's not a Rebel Wilson character. Do you know what I mean? Um, And nobody, the game basically never comments on her weight. She's allowed to be a little overweight without it being, like, a thing. The the files mention that she's a little self-conscious about it. But nobody ever makes fun of her for it. Nobody ever, like, comforts her for it. It doesn't really come up in conversation. Like, it's not her driving. She's not the fat character whose character is that she's fat. Um, But also the game allows her to be cute. Yeah, she, um, like, the one, you know, this is something that, you know, means a lot to me, particularly. Um, Since I've struggled with a lot of this stuff, um, you know, a lot of times... Like I, I really liked Wedge in Final Fantasy VII Remake, but they do. He is kind. He is kind of joking, but he is. He is a big boy who loves cats and pizza, and so I. Uh, who doesn't love cats I, and pizza? I, I identified with the big nice boy, uh, <laughs> um, but like yeah, like with Miwako, like 
you know, you do see her eating and stuff, but like it's like she's in a group with her friends, which with two of the main cast who is who are, you know, very, you know, thin anime girls. And like they they suggest going to get food and stuff too. It's not like just Miwako being like, Oh, yeah. let's get food. They all or eat anything. together. She's not sitting yeah. here chowing down on three times as much food as everyone else. It's no, not- they get the exact same th- they all get the exact same thing and eat it and like they all are like, oh this tastes so good. <laughs> like yeah. also she like there's a point where two background characters you need to get the key for like the science lab. And this Two of the this and one of the characters stood out for me. Yeah, one lot. of the characters and you pointed this out to me. One of the characters, one of these little background boys in the high school, is talking about, "Oh, I, you know, I've got uh, cleaning duty for the science lab today, and I, I hope I end up with a, a cute girl." And then the other guy's like, "Oh, it looks like you're with Miwako. You know, that's lucky for you." And it's um, it, it's just interesting, and it's cool to see two high school boys acknowledge that she's cute. When she's a bigger girl and like realistically, there's a lot of really, really very pretty bigger girls out there. Like it's it, it just felt natural. It felt realistic and it felt like she was allowed to be just another one of the girls without her weight being anything more than an aesthetic feature, which is and a kindness you do not see often enough. And it also like it also is just nice because one of the things that is more you know prevalent with Miyuko is, you know, she's sad she doesn't have a boyfriend. And, like, it was also, and, you know, she's always complaining, you know, her friends are luckier with boys and stuff than she is. So it was also nice just from, you know, the perspective of, you know, I like that character. She's very nice um, because she's close friends with, you know, a lot of the main cast. Um, So it was also like, oh, there are boys that like her. It's not just like. But it's it's also obvious that her big problem has more to do with, like her freaking out than anything like every time a, a cute guy comes around she has yeah. to run off to the corner and like well, shake also, her hand and just be like oh my god he's so fucking hot like, <laughs> also i do like that they let her just kind of be a bit of a horny creep at times <laughs> yes she's just, she's just she's that girl who is obsessed with a boy band you know what i mean she's just a teenage girl who's a little boy like, crazy like it's cute it really like, is like sometimes like she's like oh yeah i got like you know, she's disappointed. She has to walk home by herself one night. She's like, all right, I'm just going to go look at Amaguchi for a bit before I leave. And then her friends are like, okay, that's creepy, but have fun. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing is in almost any other anime or anime-inspired thing, a character with her build would have one personality trait, and that's I eat lots, right? Yeah. And the game so specifically subverts that and makes her personality primarily about more about her interest in boys and kind of her, her awkwardness. And I think that's very, very sweet. And that's the game's kind of attitude towards a lot of character types. There's not a lot of, not really any racial diversity. It's it's pretty much an exclusively Japanese cast. Um, yeah. So, but like in regards to, it's it's very kind to its queer characters in a way that's uncommon in uh, anime inspired media. And it's very and kind it's also, to Miwako. And that's very, very cool. Like it basically did and, everything right that Persona 4 fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And like also... Especially with, like, um, you know, the queer characters, like, when they're introduced, like, at, like early on in their story, <laughs> early on in their story, sorry, I'm getting batted by a I see by the cat, cat tail. tail, it's incredible. Um, it kind of set off my uh-oh alarm. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and thankfully, they were able to navigate it well. Yeah, um, they even explicitly say that these two queer characters are, are like in a a full committed relationship at a certain point 
you know, in the future. Like, it's yeah. not, it's, it's not like that they tease with it. It's no, this is what happens in at least one future. So, you know, like, they're, they're gay. That's how it work. Gays exist. The existence of the gays does piss off a lot of anime profile pics, but, uh, you know, they didn't shy away from that. So, yeah, 13 Sentinels is, it's, God, it's hard to say much more without getting, we've already spoiled, like, some minor stuff, but. Yeah, but, like, I mean, the fact that those, it's more kind of the fact that the queer characters are handled well yes. <laughs> than, yes. than anything that's spoiled, which I don't think people are going to be too upset about. Yeah, and we um, bring that up, but, like, every character has a some interesting story arc and is is likable and is more dynamic than they seem at first and uh i mean I do, I, yeah i do want to mention i mentioned this when i brought the game you know brought the game up first there is some obnoxious sexualization yeah it's times. vanilla wear. there's um, no it, getting around it's vanilla that, wear. unfortunately you know um and it you know it is pretty egregious because this does involve mostly high school students and then yeah. a school nurse who I feel so sorry for her spine. Yeah, um, it's not. It's 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 gone in ten years' time. That spine is going to be dust. Um, yeah, it's it's so the, like the high schoolers end up a, naked in the cockpits, but it's kind of Barbie doll anatomy and and covered by like yeah. all the equipment that's connected to them. But it's still like it's 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 a half head and half. Like they really could do better. It's not all the mm-hmm. way fucking awful, but. I don't know, yeah, folks. It, it annoyed me more, I think, because I loved so many of the women characters in this game so much. Yeah. Um, because I think for at least, you know, for me, you know, a lot of the women were my favorite characters in, in this game. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Pompadour you know, Boy is still just... best boy, but. <laughs> um, But like, you know, it just it just makes it kind of less appealing to some of the women that I would like to recommend this game to. Yeah. That I think you have to know that they have an immunity to anime bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little anime bullshit. Because like, you know, like like Yuki's story is like this hard boiled detective story. And I loved it. And she is awesome. She just goes around beating the shit out of people and solving like delinquent solving mysteries. Delinquent gang leader girl. (laughs) Playing detective was the dopest shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's awesome. And like, you know, um, not to know being obsessed with aliens and shit and just being wrong constantly. And it's, it's like, (laughs) yeah, comedically wrong at every turn is so fun. Like, yeah. yeah. And like, so like, I, I really liked a lot of those characters. And so like, thankfully it's nowhere near as egregious as most vanilla wear. Games. Oh yeah. I mean, I think dragon's crown is a thousand times worse, honestly. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I mean like this is definitely the least anime bullshit that's been put into a vanilla wear game. Like I said, it's basically limited to the, the school nurse who is, Again, I'm sorry. She needs like a a fucking adamantium spine, and um, the she like okay to put this into perspective, like her butt goes halfway up her back, and then she somehow has breasts that are even larger than that. That she actually has to walk around with her arms crossed to hold up. Yeah, no, no bra is gonna support those. Fuckers. She is it's not. I like like that design is is rough. It's bad. Uh, it's bad. Like, I say this is somebody who's dating, like, uh, well, dating, engaged to, like, a, a very, very busty woman. Like, 
Like, that's unrealistic. And I'm getting tired of Twitter people being like, uh, women with large breasts exist in real life. It's like, yeah, I fucking know. This is still garbage. Um, yeah. And sometimes they have medical procedures to fix it yeah, when they're, they're built like that. Yeah. Like. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, Morimura is probably the most egregious thing. And then there is, like, like, it's also kind of frustrating that one of the first lines that any woman has in this game is, where did my clothes go? Like, going into yeah. the robot. Like, but thankfully, like, the main stories do not veer no, in that No, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's incredibly, there's, there's really almost, there's, like, no narrative creepiness, almost. I mean, like, there's, there's sometimes, sometimes it's teenagers being horny for other teenagers. Right. Which, like, but it's not played, but like, that's, like, yeah, it's not, it's, yeah. nobody it's more, trips and falls what, on somebody's boobs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not like that. It, it really, you can sum up the entirety of this is kind of gross anime bullshit with the school nurse, uh, and her completely bizarre proportions, and then the characters turning into glowing Barbie dolls when they're inside the the mechs, which, like, you know, again, glowing Barbie dolls, but, like, you know, you can, I don't know, you know. I mean, and, and like, some of the angles in those images are totally fine. Most and of, some them of them are, are completely it's, not. But some, uh, there's a couple that are pretty egregious. Yeah. Um, And, and again, like, that's just, it's a bummer, but, like, I wish it wasn't like that, but I still love the game. I, you know? I wish it wasn't, yeah. Like, that is honestly probably my biggest complaint with the game. Yeah. And I think if I had to like, summarize 13 Sentinels to people, I'd say, I wish these couple pieces of anime bullshit weren't in there, but I still love the game. Like, yeah. deeply no, like, and it's, dearly. It's, it's honestly just an excellent, excellent example of, like, mecha kaiju and just general sci-fi yeah fiction yeah for sure um if you are into those things like you absolutely need to check out this game because it is exceptional storytelling um re- it's just it's just such a great ride um and i really loved this whole cat like the whole cast like even characters i thought i wasn't going to like i ended up really liking by the end or some characters that might seem like huge assholes in one person's story you then play as them and then you get in their head and you find out oh they have a good reason for acting that way or like um i just i like i can't sing my praises for this game enough i would say Um, i would say like you if you are into kind of non-traditional games right this is not a traditional action game or shooter or what have you it's it's very much like a weird visual novel with some strategy elements in the combat um but it's not like as involved as a jrpg to be honest with you uh if you're if if you think that's kind of an interesting idea and you dig stuff like godzilla and evangelion and like pulp sci-fi you are deeply going to love 13 sentinels yeah this game this game makes those references blatantly clear yeah like 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 they don't they don't even like they they change the names of the things that they have to get around copyright for but like it is so explicit like at one point one character gets a poster for uh a kaiju movie that description is this was in 1954 that, you know, pioneered special effects and was a major Japanese release and led to a long running series. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's Godzilla. It's Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, but yeah, I, um, I think, I think final verdict 
as far as we're concerned at SDGC is is uh it's it's not a very normal game, right? It definitely goes away from the standard genres that are super popular, but it's very interesting. I think there's a a very deep and interesting set of characters and an interesting narrative underneath it all. Um and I I I do recommend it to people who are like big cult sci-fi fans, pulp sci-fi fans. Yeah, I I I was blown away by this game. I knew it was probably going to be something I enjoyed from what I heard about it. I was not expecting to be as blown away by it as I was. Yeah. Um this like this is a game that's going to stick with me for a long time that I'm really going to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um thank you all for joining us. Um this was our review of 13 Sentinels Aegis Room from Vanillaware. Currently it's only on PS4. Vanillaware kind of tends to just release on PlayStation platforms. I like this is a game that if it does come to other platforms, definitely check it out. But if you if you do, you know, have a PS4 or a PS5, check it out. Yeah. It's awesome. Absolutely. Take care, folks. <laughs>